in today's show. We're recapping all of the action from Monday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Well, lots to talk about. Is eight games on? Weird stuff going on. Rotations all over the shop. Injuries and blokes having spot starts. A lot for us to break down and figure out what's exactly going on. Before we do that, though, let's get into the news. A couple of season enders. Joe Ingles, as we talked about yesterday, he has torn his ACL and he will be out for the season. He will also miss a significant chunk of next season. Who knows where he ends up getting signed? He is a free agent. So is this the end of Joe Ingles in the NBA? Maybe. Always have great respect for Joe for being the first and only player, honestly. Uh, not honestly, you know that. The only player that's ever come on this podcast. He was really, really accommodating with his time to come on and speak with me. Um, and it's just been great to be able to have, you know, have that chat with him and for him to develop his NBA career. And who knows where it goes from here. Um, he's seasoned over. As I said yesterday, I don't really see anyone becoming a must-roster 12-team league player. Joe wasn't a must-roster 12-team league player. So I don't think huge amounts change there. Nasir Little, we knew this one as well, but confirmed his season is over with the torn labrum. That's a six-month injury. There's no way he was coming back, so he's done. DeAndre Ayton remains out tomorrow again from a mild ankle sprain. We're going to be two and a half weeks in here. Still rolling with Biombo and McGee as the options there, uh, but it's frustrating. Malcolm Brogdon is getting better, apparently. He's doing some one-on-one work, but still no timetable for him to return. Wouldn't expect him back this week. Wouldn't expect him back before the deadline, to be honest. And the Nuggets have been granted a disabled player exception for Michael Porter Jr. A lot of people thought, hey, Port... Porter might be coming back. We've seen him put up shots. His words, he's coming back um, after the All-Star break. A DPE is only granted when the NBA thinks it is way more likely or more likely than not that a player does not play this season. And that includes the NBA Finals. So the expectation is that Porter will not be able to play until June, until after June. So him coming back in March would be a modern, modern medicine miracle. Like, there's just no way that he's coming back. So again, if you do have those hopes on Maga Porter, you can go ahead and drop him. Um, Again, maybe he defies all logic and comes back three months before the NBA ruled him out for. But yeah, I would say that them applying for this DPE in it being granted means he is not coming back. So move on from any false hopes you may have had with Maga Porter Jr. Let's look at the most added players over the last 24 hours in fantasy leagues. Number one is Gabe Vincent. Yes, with Kyle Lowry out, and I assume Lowry out tomorrow. Vincent's got good value. Don't know why all of a sudden a big spike in his numbers now, but he is a 12-team league guy. PJ Tucker was added up 25%, and then he didn't play today, so I don't know about that one. Um, He will probably, I guess, come back tomorrow against Miami, but he's not the highest priority player. Billy Hernan Gomez up 19%. Well, yeah, sure, no worries. Why? Why did we rush to grab him with Valanciunas returning today? I guess a lot of those ads were made before we knew that Valanciunas was coming, but there was only short-term value in Billy there anyway. Isaiah Jackson up 14%. Great ad. Sabonis in protocols. Goga out. Jackson we'll talk about later. Had a big game. 
And you just keep streaming him in until Goga returns and then Sabonis returns. Garrison Matthews up 13%. Well, we thought Kevin Porter Jr. would be up, but he wasn't. Matthews still has some value with four games this week, but maybe not as high value as that. Or Chumura Kiki up 12%. Yeah, look, the steals have been great. The shooting's great. I think both of those things cool off, but stream him in. Jose Alvarado up 12%. I think that's a little bit wishful thinking. KJ Martin up 9 Don't mind that. D'Anthony Melton up 8 Well, we will talk about that later on, won't we? And then Mason Plumlee up 8%, which is totally fine, but these are just short-term stream options, really. In terms of the top, top drops over the last 24 hours, Muxy Kleber's down 13%. I guess it's a little bit preemptive, considering Porzingis is dealing with this knee problem, but I get it. He struggled last game. Korkmaz down 12. He's got his own knee issue. Otto Porter down 10. Well, he's sitting today. He'll be back tomorrow. I wouldn't have dropped him. Marvin Bagley down 10 is a drop. Yep. Finney Smith down 10, a drop. Get it. Kevin Herter down 10, a drop. No problem. Aldridge down 10%. Yes, drop him. Biombo down 9. Seems a little bit early. I wouldn't have done that. Dan Gafford down 9. He's not playing. I would think that after the trade deadline, one of those centers is gone, and then Gafford comes back in. But can you afford to wait? another two weeks for minutes to reopen up for Gafford. You might not be able to. If you can, you hold. But yeah, he's been bad for a week and a half. And now we've got another two weeks until he's back, maybe getting rotation minutes. I don't know. And then um, Jeff Green down 9%. Yeah, we do not need to hold on to Jeff Green. I think by this point in his career, we're all well aware of that. But maybe you're not well aware of TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you're invested in crypto for the first time, you own an upcoming small business, or you're raising rambunctious twins. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation, and you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them, and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life means an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing, they've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. Well, you don't want to go to a standard chain auto parts store. Why would you? It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your money. You don't want to get talked to with intimidating questioning or condescending tone from the guy behind the counter. You can do all of this from the comfort of your own home by going to rockauto.com. Save time and money using Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts for your car? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And the Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpets. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box? so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. NBA trade deadline, Thursday, February the 10th, 3 p.m. We got a live show on Locked On NBA from 2 p.m. Eastern through to 4 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, February the 10th, over on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. John Corrales, Kim Becker, and myself are gonna be hosting that show, breaking down all of the moves that happened from a real-life perspective and giving my fantasy perspective on those moves as well. So head across the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, hit the notification bell, and you will know when we go live with a massive, massive trade deadline show. So let's talk about the games. First game, Memphis and Philadelphia. No Joel Embiid, but the Grizzlies lose in overtime to the Sixers, 122-119. 
absolutely huge stuff from Memphis to get this, uh, sorry, from Philadelphia to get this win over Memphis, um, given the players that were out. Let's start on the Memphis side of things. Desi Bain, 39 minutes, 34 points, five threes, three steals. Huge, huge game from Bainey. He'd been a little bit down since returning from COVID, but this is huge. Again, there is going to be someone stealing shots. That someone is Dylan Brooks when he eventually returns. So you can choose to sell high or you can just ride this out, which is fine. John Morant was great again, 37-5-5. Annoyingly, just 70% from the line, but everything else is excellent. And Steve Adams did his thing. Actually, he did more than his thing. The 12 rebounds is what Steve Adams does. But he also added two steals and three blocks, which is not what he usually does. So it's a little bit of a bonus there. Jaron had 18-7 and seven with a pair of blocks while Zaire Williams started, played 34 minutes. I don't know why. He had eight points and nine rebounds and shot 30%. And of course, DeAnthony Melton, who'd been playing really, really well, played 15 minutes. I will never understand the Grizzlies coaching staff and their reluctance to just... You don't need to play Zaire Williams 34 minutes. You don't. DeAnthony Melton's better than him. Significantly better than him. You don't need to do it. It makes no sense. But you know what we can do with D'Anthony Melton? Get that garbage out of here! You have to. Uh, you can't hold through this bullshit. Um, Brandon Clark. 13 minutes. Four points. Steal on a block. We worried about what direction things would go when Kyle Anderson returned. I, I didn't think it would do this. If you're in a 10-team league, Jack's knocking on your door. Get that garbage out of here! If you're in a 12-team league... Jack's knocking at your door. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, Brandon Clark can be better than this, but the upside's not that high. He's not coming out and playing 27 a night unless there's multiple injuries. So what is he, a 21-minute-a-night guy who's maybe the 130th, 120th best player, maybe? Like, maybe he's that? He had a nice little stretch, for sure. Is he worth holding? I don't know. That's really going to depend on your individual circumstance. But we feared it. It's here, obviously to an extreme level. But where, where do we go? It's tough. For the Sixers, no um, Embiid. So this is the, the game that everyone who's been holding Andre Drummond all bloody season has been waiting for. 43 minutes, 16 and 23 for the big avocado. Five assists, two steals and three blocks. That is undoubtedly an absolute monster. It's huge. It's a gigantic game. Is it worth holding through all of the games of being the 190th best player? No. But you stream in for a day like today. It's excellent. He just do nothing in the next game when Embiid's back. Maxi also huge. 33, 3, and 8, 1 steal and 4 blocks. We've seen this story before. Embiid is out. Maxi goes off. Embiid comes back. He scores 12 points. It's going to happen again. He stepped it up, and he was great. The Thick Hogsman had 31, 5, and 5. Tobias Harris, while Matisse Thibel had a steal and a block with a 3. Like, he just did what he needs to do. And Seth Curry, the struggles continue for Seth. 9 points on 27%. 8 assists is good, but he just cannot get the shots to fall. He is still a hold. But his numbers are not looking particularly good at this point. They are yeah, they are down at the moment. Um, and yeah, we're just holding for now. Isaiah Joe got hot early, ended up just 10 points, while Danny Green had eight, and Georgie Niang had eight in 17 minutes. Let's go to the second game. The Pelicans and the Cavs. Cavs get the win, ugly, but they get the win. 93 to 90 on the Pelicans side of things. Ingram is still out, and they decided to not start Garrett Temple. Kids, cover him. LA, fucking Luya. There is no need for Garrett Temple to be starting. In fact, he played 12 minutes and had two points. That is the role Garrett Temple should play. They decided to instead start Jackson Hayes. Now, I don't know why they didn't start him at all when Valanciunas was out. I guess you could say it was matchup-wise. They still, you know, 
what did it matter whether he started in those games or not, or you started Hernan Gomez and you keep him in this minimal role? Yeah, what, what did it matter against Boston, against Philadelphia, against Denver? You lost those games anyway, and Hernan Gomez starting was it such a big deal? Like he's a shit defender anyway. Um, but anyway, they put Hayes at the four, and he was great. Nineteen and seven with three blocks. We have to look at this and say, all right, ninety percent shooting is fake. It's fake as shit. Like he's not going to continue to do that. He's not going to continue most likely to play 31 minutes. Ingram's injury should have him back in the next game or two, apparently. But it is very intriguing. Stream him, maybe for tomorrow, and that's it. Valanciunas back in action, just doing what he does. Jonas Vassal Inuansas. 16-9 with two blocks, while Josh the Hitman Hart had 10-10 and 10 on 22% shooting, mind you. I don't think that Hart's a guarantee to stay in New Orleans this season. I reckon there is a chance that he is traded. Not saying that's impacting his value either way, but it, it will. We just don't know which way. And just keep an eye on that. The 37 minutes will probably decrease, though. Devontae Graham, 20 points. Good game from him. While uh, Jose Alvarado just had the 19 minutes. A lot of people were adding him in 12-team leagues. You don't need to do that. Alexander Walker, a lot of people added him as well. Big Nikhil. Um, Jack. Jack's not knocking at the door. Jack is bashing it down, then pissing in your letterbox. Get that garbage out of here! Bye-bye, Nikhil. Herbalife Jones, the shooting regression came. Three points on 0 of 7 shooting. A steal and a block. These are the sort of games I thought we'd see way more often from Herb Jones. We just haven't. But don't panic now. Just hold him and let's hope that this is not a harbinger of bad things to come. For the Cavs, Darius Garland, we talked at length, maybe not at length, but at some point, we talked about this team, um, or not this team, about Garland having the back problem and he was probably going to have to sit out. And he did sit out. They ended up starting Chetty Osman. And then in the second half, they put Dean Wade on the bench and started Brandon Goodwin. And Goodwin was great. 21 points and 73% shooting, but had one assist. That's not great. Um, I don't think the Osman thing's going to keep him out. Not Osman. The Garland thing's going to keep him out long-term, so not much to look at there. 15-11 for Kevin Love. Good numbers. Allen, 16-8. and eight. Well, Evan Mobley, he was on the buy-low show today. Yeah, the buy-low is massive. It is a huge buy-low. Four points. 23 minutes only. 14% shooting, 67 from the line. He still blocked three shots. Buy him very, very low. Buy low. They started the discman, C.D. Arsman. He played 38 minutes. He had seven points on 19%. That's shitful. But he did have 12 assists. They should be giving him 30 a night while marketing is out, but they're so obsessed with playing seven footers at all three positions that they start Dean Wade there instead. Now, Wade's minutes have been all over the shop. He played 30. He played 19 here and went scoreless. I don't think he should be playing 30 a night. I don't think he should be remotely near 30 a night. But Bickerstaff seems to go back and forward between that, making it really hard to get that value solid. 16 and 8 for Jarrett Allen as well in this game. Let's go to the next one. Um, you want to talk confusion? Well, here we go. More of it right here. The Clippers and the Pacers. Indiana wins at 122-116. The Clippers rotation continues to be an absolute mess. An absolute mess. Is there one must-roster player on this team? I don't think so. There are guys that you can have and guys that can have 12-team value, but it varies so often. Amir Coffey was great. 35 minutes, 27 points, 5 threes. It came on 64% shooting, which is not real. And who knows what the hell his minutes are going to be game by game. And the guy that felt the most secure, Luke Kennard, played 16 minutes. He had 2 points on 14%. There are too many guys getting minutes here to have consistency. And we said, look, grab Kennard, roll with him, Let's see what happens, but I have no faith in this level of production sticking. And that's where we're at. Hold, sure, whatever. But these are just a bunch of bullshit. 
these players. Yeah, Batum played 25 minutes. That's a good line. Maybe he's the only guy you consider must roster, him and Reggie Jackson. 13 points, four threes. Reggie Jackson had 21 with five assists. Marcus Morris, nine points on 29. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't bother with him. He's not that good. See you later. And the frustrating thing is Zubats was out of this game. So instead of starting Hartenstein, they started Abaka. And they've actually played Isaiah Hartenstein fewer minutes. Work it out. You can't. Hartenstein had six and three in 14 minutes. Very hard to consider him a 12 or 14 team league guy when so many things need to change, obviously, for him to get to that value. Ibaka had 14-11 with two blocks, but he was literally out of the rotation two games ago. So I'm not buying into this at all. Is this the start of another three-man center rotation? Maybe. Who knows? It's just all over the place. We actually got 23 minutes of Eric Bledsoe, 13-6-3. And 13-6-3, you go, oh, that's not a bad line. But he'll play 17 minutes, and he'll play 30 minutes. You got Coffey, Jackson, Batum, Bledsoe, Mann, Morris, Boston, Winslow, Canard. All these guys are just thieving minutes and value minutes. One game for one guy, one guy for the other one. If you can guess which guy's going to pop off every game, good luck to you. you. You've probably got a Gray's Almanac. You've got no way of knowing this shit, and that makes it really hard to consider any of these blokes must roster. It's almost impossible. Even Zubats, he's not a must roster player. The whole roster's up in, up in shit, shit creek, and then if Paul George returns, what the hell happens then? BJ Boston went from 20-plus minutes last game to six. I don't know. You, you cannot predict it. It's impossible. For the Pacers, um, lots of blokes out for this game. So we had Isaiah Jackson starting. He played 29 minutes. He had 26 and 10 with two blocks. It's excellent. It did take three other centers being out for him to get here, but it's excellent. Turners are still way away. Sabonis probably missed the rest of the week for COVID. Goga, the foot sprain, he might miss the rest of the week too. Add Jackson, let's see where we go. But when Goga comes back, he might play 20 minutes and the value's gone. Justin Holiday had 13, 5, and 6. Good game. Two blocks. Really good. Do I trust it? No, nope, he's a fringe player. Levert had 17, 7, and 9. You would have hoped for a little bit more from Levert, but it's still solid enough. Well, Dwayne Washington continues to play well. 16 points with four threes and four assists for Dwayne. It's probably just a 16-team league guy, but he's doing well. He's doing better than uh, Chris Duarte. He's younger than Chris Duarte. Duarte played 30 minutes, had 8 and 5 with two steals and a block on 27%. He just is not playing well. If you want Chris Duarte in a 12-team league, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do not think that he is a must-roster player with how he is playing. There's just nothing exciting about what he's doing. Torrey Craig had a little run of some good games, and he had eight points in 27 minutes. He's not worth it outside of deeper leagues. We had a bloke by the name of Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster. 15 points with eight rebounds in 21 minutes. 64% shooting. But who honestly had heard of Terry Taylor before today? It takes Turner, Brogdon, Sabonis, Badadze, Warren, McConnell, Brissett, all those guys being out. That's another guy there to throw into the Isaiah Jackson mix as well. Brissett didn't play. It's just a lot of interesting stuff. Washington's interesting. Jackson's interesting. But does it mean anything long-term? I don't know. And the fact that all of those players are out and Duarte still farted in our mouths and we didn't enjoy it, it's hard to have any trust in him. And he's got to be considered more of a streamer than a must-roster player at this point, I would think. Bet online. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for the upcoming Super Bowl. Scores, totals, player performance props, where the next coach is fired, where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. BYTV. From sports, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline is where the game starts. 
All right, let's do the next game. Kings, Knicks. The Knicks get a 20-point win. The Battle of the Embarrassments, 116-96. No De'Aaron Fox again. No Marvin Bagley. So we had Davion Mitchell starting, and he, he's playing well as a starter. 18 points, six assists, two blocks, two threes. Good numbers. Last two games have been good for Mitchell. You can stream him in, sure, while Fox is out. I don't think Fox is a long-term thing, but I said that last week too. Halliburton, not quite his best game, but 21-8 and eight is not bad. And Bud Heald stepped it up a little bit. Still shot just 31% and had 11 points with three threes, but it's a little bit better. Um, Rashawn Holmes was disappointing once again, 8-7 and seven in 26 minutes. He did have foul trouble, and that kept his playing time down, so just be aware of that. Well, Chemezi Metu played 25 minutes and had 5-4. and four. Good to see Alvin Gentry going back to Mo Harkless for God knows what reason. 22 minutes for him, 6 points, while the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! A putrid 2 of 7 from the line. He was 11-5-2. He just continues to struggle. He is a guy to hold, but he has been, after a hot 6 weeks or 8 weeks to start the season, he's been shitful since then. And I think he's going to finish outside the top 100 this season. Damian Jones was okay, I guess, but just bad. Just embarrassing stuff again. But the Knicks, ah, oh, yeah, the confusion of what do we do with this team? What's, what is this team where Tom Thibodeau doesn't play a single player over 30 minutes? What's, what's life? What's even happening in the world anymore? Alec Burks had 21 points. Of course he did. Alec Burke. He had four threes. But this is like the Clippers. I don't trust any of this bullshit. Randall had 17 and 9. That's not bad. Quentin Grimes. I like him. 23 minutes, 14 and 4, 3 steals. Absolute watch list player. They need to trade away some of these bums. I don't think he's going to get 30 a night, but he's just a name to watch. Obi Toppin played 19 and had 14 and 4. Fournier had 18 and 27, but he's not a 12-team must. We had Emmanuel quickly play 16 minutes. That's embarrassing. Kemba Walker went scoreless in his 17 minutes. Hello. Absolutely no reason to be rostering him. At least in a blowout, we got to see Cam Reddish play five minutes. I, you can't hold him. There's just no point to it. He's not that good, A, and he's not playing. Rowan Barrett, who'd been on a hot streak, had 11 points on 29% shooting. And while that was a little hot streak, he is still the 157th ranked player over the last two weeks. It's really hard to trust him in 12-10 leagues. You stream him in when he's on a hot streak, and you piss him all the way off when things go bad. Nerlens Noel had a sore knee. What a shocker. But returned. Returned to the game. Ended up with two steals and a block. Big man Matisse Thibault, that's what he is. Well, Mitchell Robinson, I'm not sure Mitchie Robinson's a 12-team must-roster player. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. I mean, in points leagues, I know that he isn't. But in category leagues, like, yeah, 13 boards is a good. Two blocks is all right. But it's just so up and down that it's not really worth the investment most of the time. The next game was an absolute ass-kicking, and that was the Boston Celtics taking it to the Miami Heat, 92-122. There was no P.J. Tucker. No Jimmy Butler, no Kyle Lowry. That, that hurts. The Winter Soldier, Max Strew, stepped up. 41 minutes, 27 points, 9 threes. We love it when he gets the opportunities. It's great to stream in. But by tomorrow, he might play 21 minutes. Gabe Vincent, keep streaming him in while Lowry's out. 10 points, 9 assists, 2 steals. At a bio, look, that's disappointing. In a game like this, for him to not step up is bad. 12, 5, and 5, 3 steals and a block. It's not a terrible line, but 12, 12 points? With all those guys out, that's pretty, that's pretty poor. Um, Caleb Barton had 14 and 4. But what are we reading out of this game? Like, all those guys were out. Even Tyler Hero was pretty bad. Actually, really bad. 13 points on 18 shots. He's fallen off quite a bit after a red-hot red start. 113th over the last two weeks. Because he was shooting at a really unsustainable rate to begin the season. But it's hard to put too much into this game with all of those guys who are out. 
And, you know, you might get PJ and Jimmy back tomorrow. So Struess, um, even Chris Silver, who played 19 minutes. You know, Duncan Robinson, who played 27, not a 12-team league guy. Let's reiterate that. Um, yeah, these guys, their value is going to drop pretty quickly. So if we do have Butler out again tomorrow, then we are streaming Struess and Caleb Martin in. But I'm not sure that's going to be the case. For the Celtics, in a blowout, they played like eight men until halfway through the fourth quarter. They just went real tight with a rotation. That meant Al Horford played 32 minutes. And he has the best game that he's had in, in weeks. 14 points, nine rebounds, two threes, and two blocks. Am I buying it? Not yet. Not at all. If I dropped him, I don't really care. If I've got him, then obviously you hold after this. But this is one out of the blue. 29 for Jalen Brown, 20 and 12 for Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart's stellar play continues. 16, 2 and 7 with four threes. While Dennis Schroeder's unstellar play continues. Four points, 17 minutes. I could not be more adamant about Jack Armstrong and Dennis Schroeder. Out of here. Oh no, guys! I'll, I'll just hold him until the until the um until the trade deadline. Maybe someone will go for him. Why? Why? I know. I know. I'm a Dennis Schroeder hater. I know that. He's bad, man. He's just bad. He puts up numbers. That's cool. He's actually bad. Uh, the Rock DJ not his best game. Six and seven in 26 minutes with two blocks. But you know we know how much he's been crushing it. So we give him a little bit of a pass there. And a nice little Grant Williams game. Ten points, two threes, two steals. A block, really solid 16-team league, maybe even 14-team league player with how he's been this season. Really, really strong stuff from Grant Williams. But overall, just an absolute ass-kicking of a game. The Raptors, on the road, get a win over the Hawks. Huge, huge stuff from Toronto. 106-100. Siakam, 25-6, two steals, two blocks. Nick Nurse, the maniac, played 41 minutes again. Gary Trent played 41 minutes, and his run continues. 40. One minutes, 31 points, nine triples. This is a gigantic sell high for Trenner. Yeah, Gary Trenner had four 30-point games in his... Three 30-point games in his career, I think, until um, this season. And he's had four in the last week. He is not this level of shooter with this level of usage. Yeah, I, I was wrong. I didn't think he'd be a 12-team league guy this season because in the past, he literally had never been that and never had shown an ability to do anything apart from being a streaky and generally poor shooter. But he stepped it up this year. He's been good, really good. But not at this level. This is insane. Like You've got to try and turn him into a top 50 guy if you can. He's top 50 over the last two weeks. You've got to try and turn that into it. Brady Van Vliet, after playing 53 minutes with a sore knee last game, played 39, 16, 6, and 11. Poor shooting, but that's fine. While uh, Scotty Barnes, only seven points. He did have a steal on three blocks, so helping the peripherals, but only one assist. He has really dropped off after that hot start. He is now down to 75th for the season. And I think yeah, he finishes somewhere in the top 100 this year. Not top 50, somewhere in the top 100. Boucher, 21 minutes. It is absolutely looking like a drop for the wiki. 21 minutes, and you've got to reintroduce Birch at some point. Very, very hard for me to see Boucher being absolute must roster. He took one shot. Now, when someone gets injured, yeah, he steps right up. But, yeah, it's, I think it's about to get worse before it gets better. For the Hawks, there was no Trey Young. So Kevin Herter had 39 minutes. Sell high. He's a droppable player, but sell high if you've got him. 26, five triples, two steals. Bogdan Bogdanovic, 18 points, four threes, 31 minutes. Good game from Bogdan. Really good game. I think him and Hunter and Herter, they're just going to eat each other's minutes and production, making them all fringy sort of players. I'd have Bogdanovic ahead of Hunter and ahead of Herter. And this, this is a good game. Well, DeAndre Hunter, like, fine. 17 and five. The thing with him, as I've always said, is... Some of the shooting, I don't really believe. And he doesn't do anything else. Steals and blocks, forget about it. Assists, non-existent. Rebounds, not good. 
Um, and then so when the minutes and the usage drop, what the hell is he giving you? The answer is nothing. He is not remotely close, I don't think, to being a must-roster 12-team league player. Not remotely close. Okongwu again, closing over Capella. 23 minutes and 23 minutes. 9-9 nine and nine for Onyeka, 6-8 and eight for Capella. Neither of those lines are good, or neither of them are great. I think Okongwu is a 14. I think Capella is a 12-team guy. It could switch. Johnny Collins struggled 6-7 and seven with two blocks on 27%. But this is a bit messier. Collins, Capella, or Kong were all sort of eating into each other's playing time. Dylan Wright started in place of Trey. Wasn't fantastic. Four points on 14%. But I like seven assists. I like three steals. If Trey does happen to miss more time, then Dylan does have 12 team capabilities as a short term streamer. All right, so let's go on to the next game now. It is the Portland Trailblazers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder win. Without Shea Gildas-Alexander, 98-81. This is a Portland team that allegedly is a buyer at the trade deadline. That's going to push for the play-in. Is this organization stupid? Are they full of morons? What's wrong with you idiots? Lillard, don't bring him back. Rest him. Trade away players. Don't bring guys in. You can't even beat the Thunder without Shea. You're kidding yourselves. Ever since they, not foolishly, but weirdly made the Western Conference Finals, they fooled themselves into thinking they were good when it was a lucky run. And they're going to kill themselves long-term. McCollum had 21-3-8. Like, cool, good stuff. I mean, that's a good line. I think there is... A, we're hearing it build and build more, this momentum of him to the Pelicans. I have heard that as well. Um, not just through reading articles. I have heard that from yeah, other people, from uh, yeah, non-published sources. We'll see what that means. But yeah, you have to think his minutes would go down and usage would go down on the Pelicans. Nurkic was good, 14-9, but a risk to be traded. Covington, three steals, three blocks. Missed all of his shots, but the defensive stats there, risk to be traded. Who knows what they're going to do? Norman Powell, what's wrong with his free throws? Three of five from the line. He was He's stunk since he came back. He had 18 points. Yeah, rough. Simons, terrible. 19% shooting. Ugh, gross. Eight points, two assists. Don't panic, but this is the old Simons. This is the shit Simons. This is the guy who struggled for three years where he had bad shooting numbers and couldn't get any assists. He's been better over the last three weeks, but I wouldn't panic too much there. Just obviously not a good game. Trenton Watford. I'm impressed with Watford, but he sprained his ankle. He returned. He played just nine minutes, five points, three rebounds, two assists. He's absolutely a name to watch, especially with the Nance and Zeller injuries. If he can play 24 a night, you know, 16-team leagues would want to pay some attention there. Benny McLemore's dropped way off three points in 12 minutes. Just an embarrassing performance from Portland. Emba- embarrassing. But the Thunder, no Shea, so we got 14, 13, and 4 from Giddy. Great. No Shea, so we got 18, 6, and 3 on 38% shooting from Lou Dort with three steals. Great. These guys are going to have big, big increase in value without Shea. Baisley, really? 15, 5, and 3 with three threes. Do not buy it. He shot 71%. He'll probably shoot 17 next game. He can be a blocks and rebound streamer, but not a 12-team must-add. Trey Mann, this is the worry I had here. Trey Mann, 13 points in 24 minutes. Ty Jerome, 9 in 21. These are your replacements for Shea. Neither of them are 12-team league players. We had Derek Favors start because Jeremiah Robinson Earl, for some bloody reason, played in the G League yesterday. Favors had 6 and 7. Wiggins had 7 and 8 in 28 minutes. All of these players, Mann, Baisley, Wiggins, Favors, Jerome, Williams, they're all just going to be all over the shop, Robinson Earl, and none of them having consistent 12-team value. So the answer to who do I add in a 12-team league with Shea going down, the answer is not someone from this fucking team. That's 
that's where you sit. Like, it's not going to be someone... It becomes more like the bullshit that is the Clippers and their rotation or the Knicks and their rotation where there's just no one you're going to be able to rely upon consistently enough to provide that 12-team league value of level that you would need. All right, so let's go on to the last game of the night. The Golden State Warriors take care of business against the Rockets, 122-108. Steph went bananas in the fourth quarter in particular. 40 points with seven triples and nine assists. This is the, the Steph games we were getting to begin the year. So it's good to see him return to form there. Well, Andy Wiggins has been playing at a really high level. 23 points, three threes, two steals, two blocks, 57% shooting. When Clay returned, Wiggins dro- dropped way off, and he was outside the top 200 for a two-week period. Now, the last week, his numbers are through the roof. That's when he becomes a sell high. See what you can get for him. See who believes that Andrew Wiggins is a deserving all-star starter and trade him there. Clay Thompson still can't get the shot to fall. 14 points with a triple one. The triple one's nice. And he's a back-end sort of player, but he's going to be off tomorrow. And that's going to be the problem with him for a lot of the season. They did decide to start in this game, Moses Moody. When you look at Moody, 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 Moses Moody. Moses Moody. He started with Otto Porter out. Now, he might stick in the starting lineup tomorrow when Porter returns, or I think they'll probably go back to Jordan Poole. Um, Moody had 11 points with 3 threes. Not a bad game, but nothing to write home about. Well, Poole, this is his first bad game in about a week or so. Six points with only four shots. But if you did have pull, you hold because Clay's out tomorrow. And we see what we get there. Looney had 14 boards in 26 minutes, while Gaz Payton, the doctor, had two steals in 24 minutes. That's what he's good for, getting some steals. The minutes were a little bit up here compared to where they'd been. And with no Otto Porter, only 11 minutes from John Kaminga. He's fallen way off after a little you know, two-game hot streak. Fallen way, way off. And Damian Lee, who was getting 20 minutes tonight, played nine. So it's a little bit of a rotation shuffle here from Steve Kerr. For the Rockets, Kevin Porter Jr. returned from COVID protocols, I guess. I don't know. He was in COVID protocols, then he wasn't, and he's back straight out. 17 points, 5 triples, 11 assists. He is actually playing quite well at the moment. Didn't hurt your percentages. The 11 assists are nice. Gary Bird had three threes with 11 points. He's a good three-point streamer, not a 12-teamer. Well, Jalen Green is absolutely not a 12-team league player. Get that garbage out of here! Um, Another poor night from Green. Maybe he'll get it together. Maybe he won't. He's not going to be on my team to figure it out. 10 points in 33 minutes, 0 threes, 22% shooting. See you later. The Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate, did play 30 minutes. Even the Wild Thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. 10 and 3 with two assists. Like, that's not particularly good. He's fine to hold, but he's not a must. Well, KJ Martin uh, wasn't that good, but 9 and 5 is still on a block. Like, that's in only 19 minutes. Give KJ 27, he's a top 100 player. I just don't know whether they will. It was a rough night from Eric Gordon, 12 points on 31% shooting. He is still a fringe 12 team league guy, but. If and when he is traded, he will not be, I wouldn't have thought. And the, El- the Alperen Shangun. No, the delicate dancer, Alperen Shangun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Like, he was quite poor here. Two points, four rebounds. It's very hard to have him as a stash. Now, I've said about four or five weeks ago that you can drop him, right? Because it's only happening if Wood is hurt or traded. I don't think Wood is traded, and I can't predict an injury. They're not going to play together. There's not enough value in him at the moment. You can't really hold him. It's, it is a slow, really, really poor patch here for Shingun. He's just being held in far too many leagues. I would not recommend it. Maybe maybe Wood's traded. I highly, highly doubt that Christian Wood gets traded at the trade deadline. But, yeah, things can change. Let's look at the lines of the night for today. Monstrous goes to Steph Curry. Your waiver wire is Jackson Hayes. Your young gun is Tyrese Maxey. And your dud of the night... Is Harrison Barnsey Barnes. 
Your top 10 players for category leagues. Number one, Steph Curry, followed by Tyrese Maxey, Andre Drummond, Des Bain, Amir Coffey, Toby Harris, Jalen Brown, Andy Wiggins, Christian Wood, and Pascal Siakam. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Jackson Hayes, stream him in if Ingram's out. Isaiah Jackson, yep, add him and let's see what happens. If Goga, Sabonis, Turner, Brissett all remain out. And that might be the case tomorrow. Alec Burks, no thanks. Serge Ibaka, absolutely no thanks. Max Struess, yeah, maybe for tomorrow. Brandon Goodwin, if Garland's injury persists, which I'm not sure it will. Lamar Stevens, not interested. Darius Baisley, not interested. Quentin Grimes, I'm watching. I don't trust Tom Thibodeau. And Obi Toppin, I'm not particularly interested in there either. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. The top 10 players for points leagues today. Number one, Steve Curry. Number two, Dre Drummond. Number three, Reese Maxey. Number four, Des Bain. Number five, Isaiah Jackson, Toby Harris, Pascal Siakam, Andy Wiggins, Demetrius Morant, and the Farmers Union, Amir Coffey. That will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Ring the notification bell, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.